And if there's anybody that I know of, player, coach, teacher, student, or anybody that I've ever talked to about hitting, he knows, he knows more about my principles that I believe in hitting than anyone I've ever been with. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for believing in me. I'm Steve Ferroli. You are listening to the Ted Williams League Baseball Podcast. Days at the playground Right out in the street Baseball Hi, I'm Steve Ferroli, and I'm sitting here tonight with Matt Marini, Dylan McDonald, and Eric Twist, and this is the Ted Williams League Podcast. How you doing, boys? Great, Steve. How are you? Doing good, Coach. Awesome. Couldn't be better. <laughs> so we're really happy to have with us uh, Eric Twist, and we were just talking about, I was umpiring a game, and he was talking about... Uh, not being able to do things anymore and I remember specifically how I could not believe how he was getting at these high fastballs, fouling them off, fouling them off, fouling them off and finally put a ball into play and I said this guy can still do it and it was really fun to watch so Eric we're really happy to have you here. Um, Eric um, has coached and played in our double A division which we're going to talk a little bit more about tonight uh, as uh, does Dylan and Matt and of course Ryan up in New Hampshire, the lefty making his college team. He's also a double A division player as well. Um, Eric, how many how many seasons? I don't I've lost track at this point. Uh, I think I've lost track too. I think five five or six I think five or six seasons. In a while. And how many of those did you play or coach? Uh, I coached three of them, I believe. And then played two of them, two or three of them. So, awesome. Yeah, about half, about half. The, I, I stepped back from coaching. That was a little too much, but yeah, it's a, it is, it, it is a lot. You know, between and, uh, six kids, a full-time job, <laughs> and, and to have ten other kids playing for you, it gets a little tough. So, you know, uh, we get a few more kids, you can have your own team. I'm working on it. I get an infield and a pitcher. So. I need three outfielders. Uh, that's a riot. Um, well, a couple of things. One is we want to do a shout out to. Um, the girls at the Cape Cod Cafe Pizza in Halifax, they kind of keep us cranking here. We've been doing this for quite a while now. We've had the meetings even before the podcast, I think, and uh, we would do a pizza meeting because, you know, Matt's an Italian and all, so we had that pizza, you know. Well, we're going we're gonna to switch over to fish around Christmas, but right now, <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing pizza. And uh, I walked in there, and uh, one of the girls behind the counter is from Lakeville, and she said, hey, you know, is that the Ted Williams program? I'm from Lakeville. And I said, you have no idea. It was really fun. And then the other woman said, hey, I recognize you. Did you do a clinic with us one time over in Brockton on the east side a long time ago? And she was absolutely right. I went over there, and they had called me and asked me if I'd donate my time. This was after my first book was published back in... 1987 or so, and a few years after that, I got a call and went over and put on a clinic. We had a couple of hundred kids there. It was a fantastic day. So, a shout out to them. Thanks for keeping us cranking. Great pizza there. We do the $6 special every Tuesday night. And uh, uh, if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. So, jumping over uh, a little bit, we wanted to talk about too, and 
uh, I'm, I'm not sure, Eric, how much you know about this, but um, we want to remind the parents, and we're going to be contacting everybody this week, either by mail or phone call or email or, or all three, about the fact that if you are a Ted Williams League registered player in our spring program or our summer program, because we have a summer morning program that was really effective last year. We really had a lot of fun with that. All the camp and clinic programs are a 33% discount, which is substantial. And we just want the parents to be aware of that. Now, granted, it's two different organizations. You have my camping programs, which have been going on for years and years and years, you know, day camp, we have winter classes going on now, lessons, all the, all the standard things that have been done. Uh, quite years ago, there was only two people that did them, myself and Glenn Tupps. Now they're like Dunkin' Donuts. Everybody's taking a shot at it. <laughs> but Glenn, I'm not sure how much they know if you're listening to me. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, that discount is a, a very um, interesting thing to consider because, you know, we have, for example, if you're, say you're going to sign up for our winter program in March, um, if you're a Ted Williams League registered player, you can attend that program for thir a third off. We also have an April vacations program where the same thing would apply. Um, we, you know, if you're inclined to do lessons, I have people asking me about lessons. I haven't started them yet, but I will soon. And, you know, uh, again, that's a third off of those, and they can be costly, you know. Um, so it's just something to, to make the parents aware of because I noticed that, you know, not enough people are taking advantage of it. And I think it's because they don't understand it, it, that, it, it, that it, it, it exists, easy for me to say. So let's jump over to a couple other things. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, let's just talk about double A a little bit. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get ourselves to register online soon. It would just take another line in one of the one of the forms that's on there for spring baseball and perhaps you know double A players that wanted to register online could now just write down their division being double A and they can register right now and I think that we can have that done pretty quick so if any of the double A players are listening keep that in mind because we do have a couple of players registered and um, also that same thing would apply, that same discount would apply because some of our AA players are also potential campers and potential winter program players as well. Um, so let's just kick it off a little bit about AA. What's, what's, what's your experience been in it? You know, uh, anybody can jump in. First of all, we're talking about ages 16 and to infinity is what the league is. Wooden bats, um, everybody plays. We have strict rules about participation. And at some time, we're going to get uh, you know all our coaches in here, the AA coaches, and talk more about it. But I wanted to kind of hint toward that today, and maybe we can get Greg Banks and Mike Gunning and Chris Collier, and, uh, well, Dylan coaches one of the teams. He's, our, he's here all the time. But we could just do primarily a AA podcast. But what do you guys think? What do you like about Double A? So what's awesome about Double A, um, I've been playing for five seasons now. Uh, this upcoming season will be my sixth season. And uh, what's awesome is there's no like official coaches 
Um, we have like what they call captains, so I'm a TWL captain myself. So that means um, I'm allowed to play and be a, sort of be a coach at the same time, which is awesome. Um, I set the lineup for every game. Um, I take accountability for all my players and all the equipment and everything else, and, and I love it. Um, I noticed it's for the being a captain for my first season. It's a little can be a little stressful, but um, where's Marty? <laughs> it's really awesome, and it's really helping me um, sort of motivate myself to get better at the game and to to keep playing. Um, and I also played with Eric. I was on Eric's team for two seasons as well. Okay, I hope you picked up my coaching strategies when you played for me. Uh, but what I love about it is you have all different uh, levels of, of talent. You have guys like myself who I hadn't played baseball, real baseball, in 20 years, over 20 years. And I showed up one day with a pair of pants and some ugly green spikes. And I, uh, <laughs> the green spikes! <laughs> and I, I was terrible. I forgot how to play first base. I forgot how to hit. I forgot how to do everything. But after doing it for a, a few weeks, I slowly remembered how to do everything again. And I, and I fit right in. And nobody, uh, you know, not, not that worried about being bullied in my late 30s, but nobody picked on me or anything. Everyone was encouraging. And it was great. I felt like I was part of a team again. And now I've been back every year. I don't know if I'll be back again, but I'm getting kind of up there with the weight. And then my knees are sore, my back hurts, and my wife complains that I smell like Ben Gay about <laughs> half the summer. But uh, it's, it's well worth it. Because it's nothing better than being in the baddest box. If you're 30 years old, 12 years old, 50 years old, when you're in the baddest box, and you, you guess right, and you hit that pitch, and you make great contact, and you rip a line drive into left field, it's... Uh, you know, a better feeling than your wedding night. It's a great time. So, <laughs> I, I can't I can't recommend it enough for anyone that wants to play baseball, whether you're 15, 16, or 45, 50. You know, give it a shot. See if you still got any got anything left in the tank. Yeah, I'd say for me, it's it's playing in the Ted Williams uh, like Double A division is like been the most unique experience because um, I. I'm there, I'm playing with kids my age, and then people that are like 20 years older than me. Yeah. But, Thanks it, <laughs> but, it, but it is a really, really cool experience, and, and especially if you're someone who doesn't know what they want to do after high school or even after college in terms of playing, it's a good place to go uh, afterwards. Yeah, you know, it, it, you guys are hitting on so many things, and as you talk, I start thinking about more the design of it, because back before I never met any as of before, you know, your parents maybe even met, that uh, I was thinking, okay, what will make this different? What will make it um, unique? And Chris Collier is always, you know, kind of banging me in the head saying, you need to make sure that everyone clearly understands that you can't sit out more than an inning in a row. You're playing. There's nothing, you, you, it, there's no politics. There's no captain's opinion on you. By league rule, if you sign up and in evaluations, the division director, which I have been for years and years and years, if I see somebody I'm worried about their safety, I don't let them play. Um, there's been a couple of times where guys, you know, maybe went out there and they really weren't, really weren't ready for what they were going to try to do, and um, you know, trying to shake too much rust off, and uh, but. In general, it's outstanding. Guys go out there and I tell them, hey, look at you know, like I'm thinking of Big Dan right now. You keep it in first gear. <laughs> you know, you, 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 these older guys can make a comeback to the game. They were 
really good high school high school players or possibly college players, and they're trying to come back after ten years, and they, you know, the hardest thing they've done is shovel the driveway, and it's like okay, well, you're going to try to sprint to first base, you got to keep it in first gear. But what's nice about it is if they can stay healthy, they are going to play. And when they're at work and they know I got a game tonight, you know, they know when they show up to the field, they're playing. And if they're a pitcher, they're in a rotation, they know it's their turn to pitch, here's the ball. And we touched on this a little bit, but that goes a long way. They also run a lock continuous lineup. So listening to these, again, back to format, these rules, these these this parameter of how to go about it, this outline. You know, um, you're talking, you know, Eric's, you know, kind of an older dog, not as old as me, but he's trying to catch me. I don't think he's going to make it, though. Um, and, you know, Matt and, uh, and Dylan are, you know, early 20s. And, you know, to think that you can get these people on the field, it reminds me of, uh, of professional baseball a little bit, you know, you know, uh, of... Um, younger guys, you know, playing with older guys. I think that's really, I think that's one of the things about professional baseball. Are they going to play again? I'm not going to get on that, but I love throwing a little jig at them because, goddamn, they deserve it. You know, get out there. What are you doing? You know? For 30 million you know, bucks, they can't run out of ground balls. You know, you, I got no use for them. Well, you know, you don't know how lucky you are, you know, and um, anyway, that um, one of the things I do like about, I do like about professional baseball is when, you know, someone like, um, you know, a young player is playing with an older player. I think that's kind of a nice thing to see. You well, know, I, I like that in the TWL. I think you know guys like uh, Dylan. I think he learned from me playing with me, and uh, and I learned from these kids too because you learn every day. No matter how old you get, you can still learn new things. And when you see these young guys like Matt and Dylan with all this uh, energy and enthusiasm, it's contagious. And sometimes you'll show up to the ballpark after you worked eight hours. Your kids are home crying and stuff. You see these guys just goofing off, having fun, and you become a kid. You goof off and have fun. And I think my uh, kind of maturity, if you want to call me mature, but I think that kind of rubs off on the younger guys too. And it's a, it's a win-win. So I take from them, they take from me, and uh, everybody's happy. I couldn't agree with you more, Eric. And um, that's another thing that I love about the Ted Williams League is that there's multiple generations playing in the league. So there's guys personally in the league that I look up to and then there's other guys that are younger than me that I would say look up to me as well. And um, it's awesome the bonds I make with all those guys. And um, I also have friends of my own that I brought into the league. And whether they're on my team or I'm playing against them, I, I, I love that. I love competing against my friends, and I love playing with them at the same time. So, And being a captain this year, um, I brought in a bunch of guys. I recruited a bunch of guys on my own to, to come play on my team. And... Um, we do a draft before the season, me and the three other captains, but uh, we also have like a sort of package nucleus thing as well where I was allowed to bring all those kids who I know and recruited onto my team so they could play with me. And we weren't the best team because we were the youngest team. You were top four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were the youngest team and, um, you know, we just, a lot of guys, they could use some more practice and some more work, but we'll, we'll keep building that chemistry. I'll, I'll, I'll bring the same group of guys back this summer. We'll keep building that chemistry and hopefully we'll win some more games this summer. Well, you had Tom Costello on that team, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, I'll tell you right now, he's in a high school program and uh, he's come to play. I'll tell you that. I'm very impressed with him. You know, cause I didn't really know him that well other than just, you know, calling balls and strikes, you know, cause, you know, watching him a little bit. 
but you know, because that was his first year in the league, right? Right. But he uh, he's looking really good, and we're going to talk more about some of our players in a bit. But getting back to that nucleus rule, because there might be someone out here going, "Geez, you know, where are these guys?" You know, well, thirty minutes with thirty minutes from Boston, we're on the South Shore. And you might say, well, you know, maybe we, we want to try that. You know, I could put a team together, and you can. And here's how the nucleus wor uh, rule works. So Dylan, you know, he's 20, right, Dylan? 20 years old? Yep, I'll be turning 21 in a couple of months. All right, we'll have to have a special podcast. That special <laughs> podcast, maybe an after podcast as well. Uh, but, um, yeah, so Dylan, I want to coach a team. So here's the rule. Dylan is the captain. He can get eight more players. That's his nucleus. However, his roster may have 15 or 16 players on it, and those players will be drafted. And the draft is set up in such a way to balance the entire league. So I'll give you a perfect example. When Dylan brought this team in, I, I sat and I was at all the evaluations. I could see what we call the player rating team number, which basically explains what this team is like, you know, in a, in a numerical way. And I could tell very, it was very easy to see that Dylan's team was, was a weaker team because they were younger. So they got the first draft pick and so on and so forth. That's how we work. And the team that was the strongest got the last draft pick. And so that really helped because Dylan's team threatened the several of the teams during the season, and uh, it was nice to see, you know, and you guys tried really hard. There was no question about that. It was really fun. But um, So that's a little background on AA and kind of how it works. And if you're interested in that, you know, a couple things. You can email us at tedwilliamsleague at yahoo.com. Let's say you're, you know, like I said, 16 and up. So somebody might be listening to this and going, oh, man, you know, I used to love baseball, and I'm, 35, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to try to get out there again. You found this is the place. Wooden bats. You can walk in as one player. You could call up and say, hey, I want to bring in a nucleus, and that'll kind of go the way I just explained it to you, and the nucleus will be evaluated as a unit. And uh, But the, you can enter as a, a nucleus or as a single player, and all you'd have to do is you can email us, or soon, I'm going to say within a week or so, You'd be able to go to the Ted Williams League on our website, you know, tedwilliamsleague.com, tedwilliamscamp.com, tedwilliamsstevefrolybaseball.com, all of them will get you there. And you can get to the form under the Ted Williams League registration and just you could put in AA division, adults. And we'll know what it is when we see it. And, you know, soon we can probably alter that form so it's very obvious, you know, what you're doing and we can get start getting guys signed up early, you know, which would be fun. I think it's important to bring up that uh, before the season starts, usually about three or four weeks before we, we scrimmage, and like Steve called it, the evaluation, uh, but that's more of like a loose, uh, kind of semi-organized scrimmage that we do. And uh, it's com not really competitive, but you're facing real pitching, and you actually have to hit the ball and, and run the bases and, and all that. So if you're unsure if you can make it, if you're unsure if you can still still hack it, you can do some uh, scrimmaging and see see what you got left. Yeah, that's a place where Chris Collier was absolutely fantastic. He would, you know, go and do some of these games and, uh, uh, you know, get the guys scrimmaging and like sandlot games. Yeah, yeah, yeah pickup pick games, games. You yeah. know, and sometimes we weren't able to do that. And what we do is we'd hit some grounders and flies and hit mm -hmm. in the cage, and and it doesn't take very long for uh, to get an idea of what you're talking about. You know, who's playing and 
and who can do what, you know. But all wooden bats, a lot of fun, you know, um, no politics. I really like the what Eric said is that we don't we don't put up with coconuts, you know. Uh, like if someone, if you're in this league and you got an attitude, you, you're you're in the wrong place. Yeah. And it's not long before I'm saying to you, hey, you know, you can't do that, you know, like. Uh, you know, I'll be talking to you, or one of the, someone in the league, one of the veterans players will be saying, hey, look, we don't do that. We get along, we, we, we're trying to win, but we, we don't put up with, with things we don't believe in, which is arrogance and rudeness and, you know, you know you're not going to run the league. No, no, no <laughs> swearing. <league, laughs> yeah, when the league is bearing an American hero's name in a form of fighter pilot, Marine, and the greatest hitter of all time, you're not running the league. We well, uh, well, one know. of the things I love about it, a couple of times a, a season, my wife will bring my family, and I'll have my whole little cheering section because I can bring my kids, <laughs> and I know that the kids aren't going to hear the F word and the SH word and all this stuff, and they're not going to see you and argue with the umpire. And uh, it's a good good place for a good family atmosphere, uh, for you know to do on a Sunday afternoon and, and watch some guys play ball. Yeah, so in addition to that, um, so we have the, the scrimmages before the season, which is awesome. For anyone playing, um, we have plenty of games. So we have the scrimmages, and then we play, we'll play two games a week. We'll play, we usually start around mid, mid-July, give or take. We'll play through August, and then playoffs are usually Labor Day weekend. Um, but we play two games a week. You'll either play Tuesday or Thursday nights, and typically on Sunday afternoons. And our field is at... Um, Mattakesa Street, uh, right up the street in Pembroke, so that's that's where we play. And the pitching that we face, it's uh, we have some guys that can bring it. I'd say the fastest I've seen is probably what low 80s in, in this division. Yeah. And then you have a guy like Chris Collier who we keep talking about, but he he throws a lot of junk, but he'll throw 45, 50 miles an hour and make you look like a, a complete dope popping the ball up oh, to he, the he second really? baseman. And oh, so yeah. you get everything. You get it's you can you get challenged with the high heat, or you can. It basically a knuckleball. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a uh, a huge range of ability, and what's really nice to see is you know I keep thinking of uh, Kale. I, I was so impressed with Kale's improvement over the last few years. He's just so it would just really impress me. And then you guys got guys that have been in the league forever, like. Uh, uh, Frankie. Oh my God, I love Frankie. The Paterino? Yeah. Yep. Oh, Frankie Paterino. It's just a Makes ride. Makes one great you know? dive and catch a hit. Oh, yeah, I tell you, you know, and, you know, come up with a big hit here and yep. there. And, you know, Mike Gunning and, and Greg Banks. And, I mean, there's so many of them. You know, the, uh, it's just, I could just go on and on. I mean, so you got a lot of veterans. And what happens is guys will play in the league for seven years and then they'll go do something else and then they come back because they realize that the Ted Williams League is very consistent in what you know what you're going to get when you get there. You know you know you know what it is, you know what it's not and you know what it is and I really like what it is and we can always improve on things we always are, we're trying to improve all the time but I think what we represent is fairness and opportunity to play and and no you know no crap you know no no like worries about anything you know whether you have green cleats or not it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> so going on guys i wanted to throw this out and eric this might well you some of it you i'm sure you're going to find interesting mm -hmm. and 
we have a winter program going on now. It starts up again in March. And, um, well, it's not a Ted Williams League program. This is a camping program, but most of the players we're talking about are Ted Williams League pro, uh, players. And we thought it would be nice to talk about some of their improvement that we've seen over the last few weeks. Now, the program started the first week in February, and then it starts up again in March, and then we have an April games type of thing. And again, a lot of this program is sponsored by the Ted Williams League for lead players. That's where the discount comes in. And um, But one of the players that I wanted to talk about was this, we'll go to the, the AA division, work back, is this boy Brady, who's from Rockland. Now, it's funny, we're talking about AA, and he played for Banks and Collier in the summer in another league. And he's like a sophomore, or I think he's a freshman at Rockland High School. And he really looks good in the cage, and i got to give that credit. I just met the boy, so he didn't learn it here, but where he learned it was Greg Banks is level 5, Chris was in the camp, Chris Collier. Um, he, he has a really nice swing, and now it's being supported by the very source, you know, Greg learned and Chris learned in the, in the camping program, and now he now they've passed this on and probably suggested the program to Brady, and here he is, and he looks great in that. Um, well, you guys agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think I've had that class twice, and I've definitely noticed, uh, actually, I think he's been in that class once that I've been there, but I definitely noticed a lot of good things in the cage when I've been running the machine for him. Yeah, he's, he's been shown a good swing, and that makes me feel good because, you know, um, you don't always realize who's getting your information. I tell the story years ago, uh, uh this boy came to, a uh, uh, a clinic the first day he came in it, and I'm watching him hit and he looked great he was from Pembroke and he looked absolutely great and I said I went up to him I said who showed you how to do that and he said you did and I said I, I, I've never met you in my life and he said I know and he walks back to his duffel bag and he brings back Disciple of a Master my first book on hitting published in 1987 and he had, he was a Harvard, he went to Harvard, and he had read the whole book and ripped it inside out, and I watched him hit, and this kid looked great. And um, anyway, just a great story. You don't I, I, you don't always know where your information is going, you know, especially when you, as Russ Hubbard from New, uh, Nebraska would say, when you put yourself out there. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, who else do you guys want to talk about in the in the program? And we don't have to mention their last names, but their first names. They know who they are. And because uh, um, anybody else that you guys see that you think is going to do a good job? Um, for me, the entire uh, Rugrats program has really impressed me, I, especially I, compared to years past. Their, their attention span for their age has been very, very good. Yeah, All five of them are doing really good. Yeah, you know, uh, we're very strict on... You come in, we talk about the peanut butter and jelly relationship, like, you know, like, okay, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, they usually understand what that is, a peanut butter and fluff, although one boy said, I like jelly and cream cheese, one of the Rugrats, I said, you know, you've done that, Eric? Oh, yeah. Man, don't, I don't got, get to look like this without a... <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to get my nerve up for that one, but I'll give it a shot if you're going to yeah. endorse it, no, I'll try true. it someday, yeah. maybe on... Uh, Dylan's birthday or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wash it down with the Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, 
but you know, you got you got Ben in there, and that little Ben kid, boy, he's a hustler. And yeah, there's another boy in there, uh, JJ, I believe is his name. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, who else we got in there? Wesley. Wesley, nice little player. Andrew. Andrew's doing fantastic. That's Tommy's little brother, and uh, we're missing somebody. Oh uh, boy. James, I think. James! Yeah. Oh, yeah, James! Yeah, there's a lot of James. So I feel I, good. I forget them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough with the names, but I agree with you 100%, Matt. The Rugrats have been fantastic. And, uh, you know, to give you an idea, you know, we're teaching these guys how to catch with two hands, one hand, ground balls, playing, playing the hop, you know, rotating your hips, hitting the ball correctly with your hands, how, you know, evolution of throws, the smallest throws to the biggest throws. It's not... It's a school. It's not just, hey, come on in and aren't they cute? Now, you know, that you, <laughs> when your teacher is a fighter pilot, you don't end up with, ain't they cute? That's not me. You know, we're going to try to make them better. And sometimes we get a little hard-nosed with them, but uh, for their own good. And I think that's something that's been lost today. I don't, I, I don't mind hiding from that at all. You know, I don't want, you know, you know, you be, uh, you know, 18 years old sitting around doing nothing, you know. <laughs> That's not. That doesn't sound like the flag to me. Well, I think you've heard my uh, comparison to your 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 uh, approach. I, I call you like Mick from the Rocky movies, <laughs> not the uh, flashiest Jim on the South yeah. Shore, but you learn the most, and you learn from that, one of the best teachers around. And it's uh, you can't beat it. You can't beat Steve's uh, his clinics in the winter. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I and you know it's funny because I love those Rocky movies. Well, they're great. And. Uh, and I like Mickey too. Yep. <laughs> I like his character. Yeah, eat like that yeah. crap thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favorite movie. Oh, it's a great, great movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another another boy that uh, you know jumping into the program is I had a boy start last year with me in the fall. Uh, his name is Zach, and he's in our class B, I believe. That sound right, or is yeah? He's or is he, is he is he with Vinny and Jackson? Oh no, he's in Tyson's group, right? Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's he in the just started. Class. He just started, and uh, boy, he you know he come out in the fall, hasn't played much at all. I'm sorry, he started in the summer with us, and yeah. I just met him, and uh, he didn't he do a fantastic job in his first practice back back in the winter. He started in last week. And he really did a nice job, you know, getting on the ball, you know, in the cage, um, throwing the ball much better. And it's just very, very nice to see, very progressive. I would use Zach as a good example because when I first met Zach, uh, I felt I got the impression that he was new to the game. And um, ever since he's been coming to, to our programs, he's been doing great. And what I think is helping him too is these winter clinics because what's going on in these classes is that we play all these fun games and essentially our players are competing against each other in these clinics and I can tell he's really starting to get competitive he's really starting to, to hustle and try hard and that's what I love and he's he's made some great improvements so far you know it's funny because I, I almost I almost forgot about this but Logan who's also in this class now here's a here is a perfect example of everything that we're talking about in this podcast. This boy loves the game. You know, he's you know, he definitely wants baseball to start up again on TV. You know, he's into that whole thing. And he loves the game and he's a good player. He's got some ability. 
and he's one of these guys that just kind of wants to do it his own way a little bit. You know, he's 13, 14 years old, and very normal. And I said to him, I said, let me tell you something. You're going to get out early, going to slow all this down, let's get it right. We're going to get the hips ahead of hands, we're going to hit the ball, we're going to come slightly up, we're going to do these things, da, 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 I'm showing them and all. And I said, let's, let's target this. Because the last practice he had, I think he'd come up with air. He, he might have took two rounds of 10, or three rounds of 10, and, you know, he only hit, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe 20% of the balls. I mean, I'm talking contact and company, air. Yeah. Well, Tony Canigliaro said, I never swung and missed. <laughs> I used to love that statement. He said, you know, before I got hit, I never missed the ball when I swung. You know, and he's talking about a batting practice now. I'm not talking about him facing a, you know, a curveball or something from um, Bob Gibson or something like that. But I'm talking about him just swinging the bat and bat practice, he doesn't miss the ball. So I talked to Logan about this and I impressed upon him and didn't he hit everything. He must his contact percentage must have been 85-90%. And I can't say enough about that because without this program, without someone intervening that knows what they're talking about in this treacherous skill of hitting, very, very difficult thing to understand and to relay, and frustrating, especially in public. He would, this would go on and on and on until someone pulled those reins in on him, you know? And I just wanted to make that point. So a big shout out to him, because I was really, you know, I left there going, wow, that was great. It fires me up, you know? It's like this circle. I show them they do good, and I get more fired up and keep going around until I'm 250 years old. <laughs> That's kind of what's going on. Um, you guys got anybody else in mind, or, I mean, I've got some notes here, too, but, uh, anybody that you remember specifically? Uh, well, Eric's son, Rex, has done a really good job in the last few classes he's been in. And, you know, let's couple him with another player, Greg Lytell. Now, Greg is a little younger than Rex. But both of them are doing the same thing. Now, let me, if Sean Flynn happens to be listening, I call it the old granny. The old granny swing is when some high school kid's in the cage and he's swinging, you know, he's going to burn a hole in the ground, trying to spin late, and he's coming up with air. And then I take the bat away from him, and I say, how old are you? Oh, I'm 15. Okay, I'll be 63 in March. That means I'm about four times older than you. Now watch old granny put his bat on the ball. And that's kind of how I talk about it. And then, of course, I'll get out nice and early, and I'll start to talk around the corner. And then when I can kind of see it looking good, I'll put a little on it, and I'll hit the ball. And usually hit it pretty good. And that idea is a very difficult thing to convey. And then they see it, and, I, and I'll say, who's quicker, you or me? And they bark for a minute, because they know they are. And I'll say, you are. You wake, you wanna, who's gonna win a race? If we do a foot race, who's winning, me or you? And then they realize, okay, I'm faster than you. I said, well, what's the difference then? I said, the difference is you don't understand timing. And I explained to them. So both Rex and Greg, I explained to them what I wanted them to do. And they have to have the guts and the nerve to kind of get out there early. You know, it's one thing for me to do it, you know, having thought about this more than anything else maybe in my life. Um, but to have a 10-year-old or a, an 8-year-old get out there and try to turn that corner slowly and then accelerate when it looks good, hard thing to do. Both of them did it. 
And boy, what a fun feeling, because I know, I know what it feels like to get out there and have the nerve to do that. And it's a hard thing to do. I got high school kids that can't do it. And here's little Rex, you know, Eric's son. And here's, you know, this boy Greg, who uh, has the makings of a real good player as well, and who's a lot younger. And they both get out there, and boy, didn't they get the results. So big hats off to them, because that more falls in the world of timing. Neither one of them could get their hips through on time is what the problem is. And until someone explains that, if Jackie Bradley Jr. is listening, he should track me down. And I, you know, if you ever guys get to start to play again, I know you're not going to be that far away from me. I tried to call your agent, but that no good wouldn't even get back to me when you were struggling. How a guy can go from being talked about in the same conversation as Joe DiMaggio's streak a few years ago to being given away by the Red Sox and now re-obtained is beyond my comprehension. Here's the comprehension of it that I have. You don't understand your lower body timing. It's the same conversation I'm having about Rex and Greg. I don't care how... Yeah, you, you could be one of the best center fielders in the game. Until once it, It's not a talent problem. Once you understand that lower body, body timing, your problems are over, my friend. Give me a call. You can donate to the Ted Williams League. Track this guy down for me. I told the Ross, I'll fix him before I finish a, a, a big Dunkin' Donuts coffee. JBJ can call Rex. Rex will fix him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I mean, what a player he is, too. I mean, he's a great player, but he just doesn't understand his lower body timing. But I have a funny story about Jackie Bradley Jr. I hate to get off topic, but we're, we're on the subject of yeah. that. So, um... So you, I haven't told you guys this before, but on Instagram they have uh, like the Instagram stories you can scroll through, and I have my friend Darnell um, was scrolling through his Instagram stories, and he came across Jackie Bradley Jr.'s video, and what's funny about that is Jackie Bradley Jr. was playing golf. Wiped up on his story, um, asked him how he did in golf. He said he shot like an 83 or something. Um, and then they sort of got into a conversation on Instagram, and Darnell was asking him a few questions. And they're actually still like, Darnell was actually reached out to him again the other day. Really? So they've been in contact with each other, yeah, just talking back and forth on the, the Instagram story, which is really cool. But, um, you know, maybe I can get into contact with you him. Know, and get, yeah, maybe you can talk to Donnell and tell her who I am, because that's the thing about it. I'll tell you a couple of things. When you do the things I've done, people don't want to believe it. How can this Division Three mongrel be the chosen successor of the greatest hit of per bat in history? I'll tell you how. I worked my ass off. It's as simple as that. It's simple. And, and, and was able to swap punches with this man in a way that he said, this is, this is the guy, clearly. If Dan Donnell understands that, and says to Jackie Bradley Jr., this guy has kind of followed your career and is willing to help you. And, you know, or have, you know I can get her and my son, I mean, call me. I'd really like to do that. would be awesome. You know, you can talk to the kids or something and we'll figure out. Or you can donate to the league or something. I don't care. Yeah, what's awesome is... Um, He's coming back here. We were going to be looking at him soon if these jackasses can figure out well, well, which end of a dollar is up. Yeah, what's awesome, too, is um, Darnell... Um, he sort of got lucky in a way because I guess Jackie Bradley Jr. was hanging out at the airport when um, he was having a conversation with him on Instagram. So he was just killing some time going through his phone. So he just 
they were having a conversation while he was waiting for a flight. And um, my friend Darnell loves baseball too, and he's actually going to play in the league in the summer. He had an ACL injury that's sort of held him back from playing, but it really like it made his day. He was really happy and he's really excited. He was talking to me about it, like as to how excited he was that he had a conversation with Jackie Bradley Jr. So it's a cool story. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can relay that to him. They have him here the podcast. I thought it was a girl's name. I've never heard that name before. Donnell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because some, some names are both, you know? Yeah, of um, course. You know, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, let's, well, we'll, let's, let's, we'll put that one on hold, you know? I can't wait to tell Rex we went from Rex's uh, hips moving to Jackie Bradley Jr.'s hips <laughs> Perfect, yeah. All in one segue. <laughs> that's it, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, let's see who else we had here on the list. I just wanted to get down here a little bit because we're, we're starting to, to get to the end of this a little bit. But we talked about Rex. And, you know, another thing, too, is that Eric is also the uncle of two of my favorite players, Zach and Drew Scott. Now, I can't say enough about Drew, uh, his improvement. He was with us in the fall. He's not in my programs yet. He might be in the March. I'm not sure. I haven't yeah, talked to his mom. Yeah, they're the hockey right now. So. Yeah, they, they're hockey madmen. But, mm -hmm. they, uh, but Drew really improved, especially his throwing and his fielding. And is hitting just you know because um, what you get what you get in the Ted Williams League at least in this chatter of it is you have the Ted Williams League and then you have the camp that created it so you have all the instruction of this program that's been studying this this game for years and years and years and you have all the Ted Williams League format it is like heaven as far as kids baseball goes in my opinion and as a matter of fact remind me to come back to that because I want to make some conclusions here in the end but and then you got little Zach he's younger than Drew and what a this guy just every time I see him he just motivates me he got the he they got that one of the things Zach got as a Christmas present was the the Ted Williams number nine shirt that he bought it and his mom bought it for the league I can't wait to see him in it but this kid is just a little tiny boy that is just he will run through the wall type of attitude. He just, he, he comes to play. He's, I think he sleeps with his equipment on. He's well, just he's, ready uh, to go. He's actually my godson, and he, he was born, his birthday is the day before mine, but him and I are very similar. When, when I was growing up, he used to go out my backyard, throw a little ball up, hit it, and I'd do the play-by-play -play in my head, and I would run around the bases and just have games in my head. And Zach's the same way, whether it's hockey or baseball, He's, make, he's putting the equipment on in his living room, making the saves and doing the play-by-play. -play. He's out in his backyard putting the catcher's gear on. and He puts the catcher's gear on, what, in 30 seconds, Steve? He, you know, it's funny you said that because our rule uh, for our A Division players in the Ted Williams League is that the catcher needs to get his gear on in a minute. Now, this is the A Division is like 11, 12 years old. Zach will put his catch equipment on in like 38 seconds. He's like six years old. Seven, he's six like, seven. I, I, he's, yeah. I don't know, he's young though, he's little, that's yeah. for sure. What a, what a player. He can hit the ball and field it and, yeah. and, and, and a great kid. student. Awesome. Following nice along, yeah. paying attention, yeah. you know, uh, so it's just really fun. And continuing on, we have another boy, his name is Tommy, and uh, he's an all He's in, there's uh, three different classes you could possibly in, be in. Tommy's in all of them. And boy, it is really working out for him because 
He swung the bat, same idea, got his hips through and pushed the ball much better. It was really something to see, and I was so proud of him because, you know, he's just getting more practice in. Of course, the instruction's always there, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, I think coaching is a lot of things, and one thing that it is is, is what I call application. You know, you can have a bunch of knowledge, but if you're not kicking it out there, uh, nobody's going to pick up on it. And I tend to be guilty of maybe doing too much of that. But I, th I think that more of it is better than not enough of it. So I'm constantly saying things like get your elbow up or, you know, get out earlier or spin your hips or, you know, you need another stretch position. Come up here, talk to me. I'll show you this, show you that. And um, after a while, it starts to show up. And in Tommy's case, he just started really turning the corner and hitting the ball well. Uh, another boy that comes to mind that's also um, in that same class, or one of those classes, uh, the, the Finn brothers. Holy smokes, three of them, they're all good. <laughs> oh, you know, and um, you got Seamus, you got uh, Patty, and you have Danny, and all oh, of them. Great kids, too. Oh, you know, they come to play, and you know what's funny is I coached their uncle. I had their uncle when he was a young boy, 16 years old, so that's how long I've been in it. And uh, it's just fun to say, and what a player he was, Kevin. And um, what, uh, what's really fun to see with them is Patty, now we just jump to the upper body. Patty has this problem, he's really quick. He's one of these kids that's quick. He's just quick with everything he does. Quick with his hands, quick with his feet. And as a result, he's been lured probably from some bad drills and other programs, would be my guess. I'm not sure. But he's lured more to the un, the rolling wrist position. So I said, you know, Patty, I, I need you to master this idea. We're going to get good at this, and let's see if we can hit every ball. And the best way to do it is this. Get your hips out first, and we're going to push into it. And this is common knowledge now in the major leagues, but 30 years, I took credit. They, they didn't understand it until 15 years ago. They were struggling with it. Now they all got it down. That's why the ball's flying out of the ballpark. But... They don't have the total thing down yet, but I don't well, want to... striking out every other episode. Yeah, they don't... They have no two-strike no yeah. two, two strike stroke, no style. We, we beat up on that one of the podcasts. I don't want to get into it again because it makes me sick. These people that can buy your neighborhood and they can't do it right, you know. Um, but anyway, um, so I said to Patty, you got to, you know, let's see, can contact every ball. So he contacted every ball, didn't hit him hard, but he got his bat on everyone. He was really trying to be more deliberate, easier, slower more simple with his arms and wrists to contact. And of course he's whipping down low, he's got it really going into the ball, you know. And then the next round he hit everything in fair territory, didn't miss a ball. That's not an easy thing to do at his age. I was really proud of him. Really well done, you know. And as uh, Seamus and Danny, uh, also good little players, you know. Same thing working hard. But Patty made a mockable change in this last week, and I like to talk about stuff like that. And jumping on, jumping along too is we got this boy Jackson. Now we just met him, and we have another boy. His name is Vinny. Now they're different ages, but they're similar in bodies. Both of them are doing fantastic. I believe Vinny is in class B. Yes, he is. Yeah, and he, he has he's on vacation. I think he wasn't here last class. But Jackson, fantastic, you know. Um, they're built very, you know, tall and thin. Vinny is a right-handed batter. Jackson's a lefty. And uh, both getting their hips through, starting to hit the ball. 
and it's hard, you know, so getting your hips through. Now Jackson gets up there and he swings and doesn't spin at all. This is the first day I met him. I'm talking nothing. You know, uh, no spin, he's whipping his hands through, and then we got him a spin, and all of a sudden, boom, he gets a hold of a couple, and we got his, trying to show him how to get his hands a little bit better now that he's spinning, because your hands when you're spinning are totally different than when your hands when you're not. You know, you can do more when you're spinning. When you're not spinning, you, your arms and your wrists are, re, are restricted. But uh, I'm very proud of both those boys. And then we have another boy, too, his name is Tyrus. Now this boy lives around the old Ted Williams camp, which is really funny. And his mom and dad found me online, and I, the same thing, very similar to Patty. You know, whipping his hands through, doesn't understand the contact point. I said, "Isn't going to slow all this down? We're going to hit the ball like this, you know." And I'm having him hit into a dummy and understand that strong contact point. And boy, he lit it up, and he's got great, good speed in his body, and and. You know, if you've got good things happening down low, if you can spin really good, and you can't come up with the proper contact point, you're just giving all that energy away. You're giving it away. And that's why I'm so proud of Rex. Rex had the different, the other problem. He has the good push, and he doesn't spin enough. And that's the thing. So now we got Rex spinning. He's starting to push better. Same thing with Greg Littell. But um, Tyrus much like Patty, he's, a, you know, rolling it early, you know, flipping the arms early, you know. And it was good to see Joe, Joe, our buddy Joe Butler. We haven't seen him for a while. He showed up at last practice. That was awesome. He looked, looked like he never lost a beat, just cranking right along. And we could go on and on and on, but uh, I wanted to recognize those, those boys back in the program. You know, I mean, while we're in the high school program, Tim O'Keefe, God, I can't say enough about him. Think of how, how good has his throwing become in the past two years? Yeah, it's hard to remember how he was before. I can tell. I'll tell you this. Think of the worst Halloween horror movie, <laughs> and then imagine his throwing motion, and you you're in a pretty good league right there. I'm talking Halloween, Freddy Krueger, you name it. Timo keeps throwing. He throws beautiful. I mean, he's got a really nice motion now, and uh, happy to see that. And uh, and you know what's funny? He was second. He was the runner-up to the hitting contest last practice because he's a good student of the game and he understands his timing and he was able to get to the ball. He didn't, he, you know, he was one swing away from winning it, but he couldn't pull it off. He got nosed out by, who took him down? Matty Bowles, maybe, I think. Yeah, Matty Bowles. That doesn't surprise me. Another good, another good player. So you talk about throwing. I, I remember when I helped you, I was more involved in coaching last year. I remember kids showing up. They were chucking hand grenades. And I, I threw side up, and I used to, back in the 80s and 90s, you used to just throw until your arm would fall off. Yep. There was no pitch counts and no, <laughs> you just, you'd say, you start the game, you finish. I was like Nolan Ryan at, at 12 years old. Go up there, you start it, you finish it. Yep. None of this relief crap. And, uh, but I had no idea how to throw. I just whipped it side on, and the ball moved and cut and did all kinds of cool things. But I had little league elbow by the time yep. I was 12 because my elbow was junk because no one showed me how to throw it right. Yep, there it like is you. right there. You know, it's that's a perfect segue because what I wanted to say, guys, is, you know, not so much with our high school guys uh, because um, it um, it's not going to apply to them right now, but all these younger players that I was mentioning, um, if you take them or if they go out of our format, all this good work that we have done will now be in jeopardy. I'll give you an example. It's a lot, of, let's talk about the hip work. 
Well, if you're playing off the wrong place, guess what? The pitch is overthrowing the ball. You just heard, you know, Eric talking about how he overthrew the ball. I, I had an older brother who did the same thing and hurt his arm. He wasn't taught properly. Loved the game, kept throwing, throwing, throwing. So now let's take the two boys that had trouble getting their hips through. We got actually two of them. We got four of them. We got Rex, we got Vinny, we got, uh, um, who was the other boy? Jackson. And there's got to be another one if I think about it a little bit. Oh, Greg, Greg Littell. So you take those four boys. Now you take them out of what the Ted Williams League format and they're on a bigger plate. Well, guess what? Now the pitch is being thrown faster. Got to be harder to get around sooner. They're already struggling with that concept. Guess what? They're not going to get around. They're going to start now using their arms incorrectly. And this is what happens. And it's not so much their fault as it is the format. And this is the type of thing that needs to we need to explain to the parent. It's a hard thing to understand. But if you go outside, the Ted Williams League format, I just did a, a video recently where we at the trailer to the Saving Youth Baseball um, presentation, which I would recommend everyone that's listened to this podcast should watch. And I called it the best coaching tip I could possibly give you. Now, I'm not talking about Jackie Bradley Jr., but I'm talking about someone 14 and under. If you're coaching baseball, the best tip I can give you is to watch that presentation and understand what's being said before you waste years of your time and maybe your child's or in other people's children because it's out of scale and it makes it much more difficult to execute and there's dangers you know here's another example so you say let's say I talked about how proud I was a Rex or someone like um Greg getting out there early you know stepping into danger early hard thing to do I'm saying you know when Ted Williams went after a pitch he would step early and then read the pitch move, read, decide. Not see the ball, hit the ball. That is so wrong, that is so, that's on the moon compared to what I believe in. You're going to get going, and then you're going to read the pitch, and then you're going to decide to accelerate or not. Okay, so now guess what? In all other league formats, batters are hit twice as much. In the Ted Williams League, we have reduced hit batters by 48%. We'll call it 50 just for easy figuring twice as much. So here's Greg, he's going to play in the town program, they're on a 17-inch plate, the pitcher's kid is the coach's kid, he pitches every other game, he whips it in there because he's got a good arm, he doesn't have to control it because he's pitching a big zone, and the boy gets hit with the ball. You think he's going to step out there early next time? I don't think so. That's why God made soccer. He's going <laughs> to quit the game. <laughs> I was, that was a rant. It's been a while since I had a good rant, but that was an important one. I hope you're following along, because that, that's the only reason I'm sitting here. That's the only reason, you know? I do like the pizza. <laughs> what else? Have we got anything else? Shut me up. Well, yeah, before I get on something else, Dylan, hit me with something. <laughs> we hear from Ryan? Well, he's got a, maybe he's got a girlfriend up there. What's going on? Might I mean, he's been a little secretive, but uh, oh. I talked to him last night. Well, um, he's a lefty, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing great in um, his first games this weekend versus Fitchburg State. He has a doubleheader. Um, the weather's not looking too great for Saturday. This time of year is awful for playing baseball, especially around where we are. 
because I looked at the forecast and it's going to be 30 degrees and then they're saying it's going to possibly snow on Friday. So they're playing local, they don't go to Florida for... They don't go to Florida for any kind of. Uh... So he's going to he's going to Florida in a few weeks for his spring training, but they still have a couple of games before they go to um, oh, that's Florida. Insane. <laughs> so yeah, so he's playing. I want to strike out. I don't want to hit the ball. Yeah. Thirty degrees. I was gonna say exactly. Ryan, Ryan, get that ball inside. Get that yeah. fastball inside, everybody. Oh, no if you baseball. fist if you fist them, <laughs> they're gonna feel the hands four oh, hours I, after I the game. I love baseball, but I you uh, you're not gonna get me out on a baseball field. Or, Late February, early March, and when it's yeah, it's, it it really is tough being a New England player. I mean, Ryan, for example, he he goes to school in the mountains up there where they have like over a foot of snow on the ground, and um, they gotta use a black you know, ball so they can see it. It's two and a half hours away from here, so so this weekend he has to go on the bus all the way down here for a game, and he's playing Fitchburg, but they're playing locally around this way because the weather's a little bit warmer down down here, so they're saying. He doesn't even know when his game is yet because he was supposed to play at Severian on Saturday, but now they're talking about moving it to, to play a Mass Maritime on Sunday, which is the school I go to. I'll get that nice Cape Cod Canal win. Yep. win it, yeah, it's, it's like it, it's a lose-lose it's a <laughs> situation. Yeah, it's a lose-lose situation either way because if you play at Maritime, uh, you have the wind blowing in your face the whole time. The, all this is is that the baseball nuts are trying to use global warming to their advantage, <laughs> and it's just not that warm yet. I admire their stand, but fellas... You know, you know what's crazy is it, it, you can see where they're going because, I mean, today, what was it, 55 degrees? Mm -hmm. And I thought the day before today, or, the, or two days before, it was freezing. I was just freezing that yep. day. And then it was, you know, they bouncing 30 degrees. Uh, it's I'll unbelievable. You, tomorrow, oh. tomorrow, I'll probably be walking around in a short sleeve shirt because they're saying it's that it's going to be 65 degrees. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, the other problem is the, the dirt because it's... Frozen solid, then you get a nice warm day, and yeah. it's just a big thing. I, I don't, I know a lot of these fields have nice uh, field turf on them now, but you play in a real infield, you get yeah. a lot of squishy, uh, yeah, that's squishy I, clay. I'd be worried about injuries, but hey, good for them for playing this. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're playing on turf, which is a, I guess, a better for obviously the the fields with grass aren't going to be ready for this weekend, but yeah, so he's doing good. He has a couple, of, he has a game, he has a doubleheader this weekend. And then his next game after that, he's playing against Mass Maritime. And then he'll be going down to Florida. He's going to uh, Davenport, Florida to for about a week to have some spring training games. So far out. Yep, so he's, he's really looking forward to that, too. Good for him. And if, you, if you're a baseball fan and the lockouts get you down, I, I started watching college baseball last year. And other than the aluminum bats, which I can't stand, ping, the, uh, ping, the, uh, the actual... Play is outstanding. I love it in the the atmosphere of like an SEC game, but like a Mississippi State or a, 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 who else is down there? I'm having a Tennessee, they LSU, Vanderbilt, yep. LSU. You you watch those games, and last year the MLB had nobody in the stands. It was boring to watch at the start of the year. But you'd watch a college game, it'd be ten thousand you know drunk college kids in there, and they're whooping it up. And it's, the, the baseball was great, and it was. Uh, I loved it. I, I fell in love with watching college baseball, and, and so that, that's something for you to watch if you're looking for. A, I totally a game. agree with you, Eric. Um, I remember I love watching the College World Series every year when it comes around, and uh, it's really fun to watch because it's it's very highly competitive, especially the D1 games. They just get rid of that bat. Right, right, <laughs> and um, someday I want to make it out to Omaha to catch the the College World Series in yep. action. 
Hey, I got a question for you guys, just completely off the subject. Is the sports hub still talking about Belichick and Brady? <laughs> uh, allude to that, though. Yeah, they're talking about Brady today. What do they say, Matt? Because I, I uh, it was about because the entire country needs to know more about Tom did, Brady. Did Giselle make him retire because he wasn't uh, wasn't home enough? Well, well, yeah, that's like part of like their theories that they're coming up with. You know, they're, they're they're nothing to do with him being forty-four years old. And I, I, I heard you. I kid you not. I was in the Walmart parking lot before I came here, and they <laughs> they they said. He never officially said the word retirement in any of the statements, so they're, oh they're, they're thinking it might not be Sports Hub, get a life. <laughs> you like women in curlers at the bus stop. Brady, Belichick, Brady, Brady's really retire. What is the matter with you people? Get a life. Oh my God almighty. Sports I'm, radio is the worst thing to happen to sports. It, it is terrible. I can't listen to it. I, I, I used to love it. I used to listen to Wardway, the big show, uh, Dale and Numi. Remember Bob Numi? He passed away recently. But I used to listen to EEI from way back, and and uh, it, it's just it's turned to turned to garbage now. It's just all soap opera crap. It's yeah, you know. Check this. You don't my, hear anything. My about dad was saying the anyway. same thing because I remember when I was growing up as a kid, when I was riding in the car with my dad, he always had a WEEI on. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, the content is so different now. It's more about. It's more. He said, she said, you know, like, I, I can't even explain. It's not about the game. They're not talking me. about hitting. They're not talking yeah. about a, a guy skating or a, a guy shooting the three-pointer or a jump shot or strategy. They're talking about the, the drama, the soap opera. Crap. Yeah, and it's like, I, I, I I'm, a really, I'm a really big Celtics fan. I love watching the, uh, the Celtics. And they'll be talking about the Patriots for two hours. And I'm like, I just, I turned it on to listen to some Celtics talk yeah. and they won't even cover yeah, it. Celtics could run off eight wins in a row and they won't talk about it. Yeah. They'll talk about uh, what we we'll call it underwear Tom Brady's wearing. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Well, fellas, I really appreciate you coming. And uh, this has been an exciting podcast. Eric, thanks for making well, it tonight for as our guest. And uh, we'll have to have, have you back again sometime. Next time I'll get a little warning. I'll do some show prep and I'll, <laughs> I'll bring some stuff other than a couple of quips here and there. But, uh, um, make, sure, make sure to uh, check out our website at tedwilliamsleague.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram at tedwilliamsleague. We're on Facebook at Ted Williams Baseball League. And we also have a YouTube page under Ted Williams Baseball League. And a TikTok as well. account as well. Yeah, TikTok. We're, oh boy. we're trying to figure out how it. all this works. Yeah, yeah. TikTok. We're going to we'll have to get some of your girlfriends dancing or something. Yeah, I give Dylan I, some credit. He just read all those things off out of memory. He didn't yeah, have any notes. Yeah. He knew all those uh, addresses. Must be nice to be young and have a good yeah. function memory. The YouTube channel is Ted Williams Steve Ferroli Baseball, by the way, just to be, for clarification. But, yeah, other than that, he was like three for four. He did good. So we'll get him in the hall. That's it. Hey, from Hanson, Massachusetts, this is the Ted Williams League podcast. Get, Get a, a good, good pitch, pitch to hit. I called on you to spike up all my fun. Days at the playground or right out in the street. Baseball, make